Is there something wrong? Warning. Life support failure on all decks. Abandon ship. Maybe it is time to take command. Bridge to Captain. Join Jan Shaw updating current events as only Jan can. Library computer. Data being received. Produced by CosmicReality.com Hello and welcome to this week's Cosmic Creating Show. My name is Jan Shaw. You can find me at the successalchemist.net, the webalchemist.net, empoweredmanifestation.com, Facebook and YouTube, Jan Shaw the Success Alchemist, on Twitter at Coach Jan Shaw, True Social, Success Alchemist, and Telegram, US UK Patriot. Today is the 17th of December 2022, and the title of today's show is All Corrupt Government Organizations Being Exposed, Conspiracy Theories No More. And I have an absolute wealth of information to share with you today. I'm so encouraged by what's happening. It's like the great reveal as I keep saying. We've had all sorts of things happen this week. Um, one of the big things, of course, was Trump announcing on the 14th that he was going to make a big announcement on the 15th. And then he trolled everybody uh, with his announcement of the launch of these NFT cards. And the whole... Um, social media world just went crazy. Even Trump supporters were saying, I just can't believe this. Oh my God, this is so terrible. I'm not going to vote for him anymore and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then at 12.59 Eastern time, which was an hour or so later, I believe, he actually came out with his real big announcement, which was his announcement of what he plans to do to reclaim free speech when he's inaugurated. And I'm going to go more into this about what he said. But I think the point that I want to make in this, and I do have a decode of what he said from obviously somebody who's very much into the Q um, posts and everything, but he didn't say when that would be. And in one of his um, points. He was saying this has to happen immediately. He didn't mention anything about 2025 being his inauguration day. Everybody's jumped to con the conclusion that he's talking about uh, him being re-elected in 2024. And I just don't support that assumption at all. And you notice that he says when he's inaugurated, not if he's inaugurated. So he's talking about this uh, plan of his as if he's well, really still the president. And perhaps, you know, we've talked about the Brunson case that's being heard by the Supreme Court on January 6th next year and how that could overturn the whole 2020 election and result in him being reinstated as the true president. So to me, this is this is getting really exciting. So let's briefly look at the first announcement about his Trump cards. And of course, Q has said in, in various drops about, you know, when do you play the Trump card? Perhaps this is an indication that that's going to be coming soon. But he, he'd said the day before on his pre-announcement that everyone we everyone needs a superhero, I think it was, but his his mention was superhero, and then when he actually announced these cards, the first one had um, a superhero figure like Superman with Trump's head, so this was the superhero thing, and um, what it was, he announced the sale of these. NFT cards and apparently there were 45,000 of them that were available for $99 each 
And this is what people were jumping on. Oh, he's become a grifter. You know, why is he doing this? We wanted some announcement to encourage us that he's going to announce his VP running mate or something else monumental. And so, you know, people were getting all excited. And I've got a, a telegram message from Patriots Are In Control. And these are in my uh, telegram account, MAGA US UK Patriot. And he says, Trump got all these clowns to jump the gun on his major announcement. And they all wrote a bunch of Trump deranged hit pieces on his digital cards. Now they all have to tuck their tails between their legs and report on the real announcement, which is a step by step plan to restore free speech in America. DJT plays these idiots every time and they always fall for it. And there's a screenshot of these various reports. Rolling Stone, Trump's major announcement was a scammy superhero themed NFT collection. The Hill, Trump's major announcement tease is for release of digital card collection. Even the New York Post, Donald Trump's major announcement is a cringy NTF line. He's got that wrong. It's NFT, actually, New York Post, of himself. And it's portraying his life in various different costumes. It's really funny. Donald Trump's major announcement is grifty NFT project from the Daily Beast. I mean, I'm surprised at New York Post because they're normally on the side of Trump, but even they fell for it. Um, insider Trump teases major announcement that ended up being Donald Trump digital trading card NFTs. The Guardian losing the plot Trump mocked after announcing superhero card collection. Donald Trump's major announcement is the dumbest thing ever from HuffPost. Independent Trump finally makes his major announcement and it has nothing to do with his campaign. And even Fox News, Trump roasted after major announcement turns out to be digital trading cards. So they all fell for it. I mean, you know, as I say, you always have to look beyond the obvious when Trump does anything because he's always playing 5D chess. So, you know, just don't fall for this. And um, Dan Scavino, he put out a, a message on Telegram saying that, uh, confirming that his free speech announcement was actually the real um, major announcement. Uh, and it says... And this is from Trump's supporters channel, actually, originally. Major announcement. President Trump has announced his 2024 free speech platform. Ban the government from policing lawful speech. Fire any bureaucrat who has directly or indirectly engaged in censorship. Bar federal funds for universities that censor speech. And many other things. I'm not going to go into them all now. Uh, you can actually find this announcement on Trump's Truth Social account. If you're not a member of Truth Social yet, you can also find it on Rumble. So um, that will tell you everything you need to know about his announcement. Now, interestingly, um, when you look up the number of the timestamp, which was 1259 on Q alerts and it's at qalerts.pub. It refers to it says this is about taking back our freedom and saving our children stroke people from the evil that has plagued our country stroke world for so long. So that seems to be very much relevant to the announcement by Trump. And another thing he said in his announcement was that he was going to establish an Internet Bill of Rights. And the first thing that's interesting about that is that it's the anniversary of the ratification of the original Bill of Rights on the 15th of December. So that to me is very significant, as it is to others that pointed this out. And um, X-22 pulled up... Uh, Q post 884 and this says no deals we work for you we listen to you you push the eyeball that's the internet bill of rights and immediately POTUS began to comment take action re-social media 
play the game with us. And that was from March the 8th, 2018. And there's another mention of the Internet Bill of Rights in Drop 932, which was March the 10th, 2018. The creation of the Internet and connecting platforms is bringing about their downfall. Failure to control. MSM is dead. Hashtag Internet Bill of Rights. So I think that's referring to the fact that because of the Internet and the communication channel that it provides to all the citizen journalists and the awake people, um, they can't hide the truth about things or their own misinformation about things. And this is what we're seeing. We're seeing all of this come out into the open. And it's interesting that this announcement should have followed the series of revelations from Twitter in the Twitter files about the collusion between um, the DHS, the DNC, the Biden campaign and more over censoring the voices that they didn't want to be heard and um, this is bringing out a huge amount of um, activity in relation to the revelations that are being exposed. Sorry about the hum in the background. It was a tractor driving past. It also always seems to happen when I'm recording. So that now leads me on to reporting on this latest Twitter files drop. This is number six. And I'm going to use zero hedge this time. Uh, the Twitter files, Twitter dot dot dot, the FBI subsidiary. In the latest release of the Twitter files, and by the way, this is today's report, it only came out, yes, the files only came out yesterday. Journalist Matt Taby details how Twitter acted as a subsidiary of the FBI. As a reminder, parts one to three of the series covered respectively Twitter's decision to interfere in the 2020 election by censoring the Hunter Biden laptop story, how the company created secret blacklists and how they justified removing former President Donald Trump despite internally agreeing that he didn't break any rules. And so here's the thread. What One thread, the Twitter files, part six, Twitter, the FBI subsidiary. Two, the Twitter files are revealing more every day about how the government collects, analyzes and flags your social media content. Three, Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive, as if it were a subsidiary. Four, between January 2020 and November 2022, there were over 150 emails between the FBI and former Twitter trust and safety chief Yoel Roth. Five, some are mundane, like San Francisco agent Elvis Chan, wishing Roth a happy new year, along with a reminder to attend our quarterly call next week. Or others are requests for information into Twitter users related to active investigations. Six, but a surprisingly high number are requests by the FBI for Twitter to take action on election misinformation, even involving joke tweets from low follower accounts. Seven, the FBI's social media-focused task force, known as FTIF, created in the wake of the 2016 election, swelled to 80 agents and corresponded with Twitter to identify alleged foreign influence and election tampering of all kinds. 8. Federal intelligence and law enforcement's reach into Twitter included the Department of Homeland Security, which partnered with security contractors and think tanks to pressure Twitter to moderate content. 9. It's no secret the government analyses bulk data for all sorts of purposes, everything from tracking terror suspects to making economic forecasts. 10. The Twitter files show something new. Agencies like the FBI and DHS regularly sending social media content to Twitter through multiple entry points pre-flagged for moderation. 11. What stands out is the sheer quantity of reports from the government. Some are aggregated from public hotlines. And it's got a tweet 
um, from FBI El Paso saying election day protocol for FBI headquarters is to stand up a national election command post which provides a centralised location for assessing election-related threats. Status reports and complaints are tracked. Have a tip, send it to tips.fbi.gov or 915-832-5000. Protect your voice, protect your vote. Number 12, an unanswered question. Do agencies like FBI and DHS do in-house flagging work themselves or farm it out? You have to prove to me that inside the effing government you can do any kind of massive data or AI search, says one former intelligence officer. 13, hello Twitter contacts. The master canine quality of the FBI's relationship to Twitter comes through in this November 2022 email in which FBI San Francisco is notifying you it wants action on four counts. And this is from Thursday, the 10th of November 2022. Hello, Twitter contacts. FBI San Francisco is notifying you of the below accounts, which may potentially constitute violations of Twitter's terms of service for any action or inaction deemed appropriate within Twitter policy. And it lists four accounts. Best regards, Fred FBI SF. 14. Twitter personnel in that case went on to look for reasons to suspend all four accounts, including at from MA, whose tweets are almost all jokes. See sample below, including his civic misinformation of November 8th. And says, thanks, Patrick, I've escalated to GET for a first pass. And the sender is actually redacted. And then there's a a reply. Again, the sender is redacted. Uh, FBI folks, I've reviewed this already from the TD perspective and suspended three of the accounts for multi-account abuse and ban evasion violations. Rodrigo, could you please review at from MA for possible civic misinformation or direct the appropriate part of GET for their review. Thanks, Patrick. And the tweets from from MA are jokes. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right is his handle. I want to remind Republicans to vote tomorrow, Wednesday, November 9th. <laughs> of course, the election was the 8th. And then a proposed container ship if there's a worldwide recession and it's got this old wooden boat with a container in it. Um, 15. Just to show the FBI can be hyper intrusive in both directions. They also asked Twitter to review a blue leaning account for a different joke, except here it was even more obvious that at Claire Foster PhD, who kids a lot, was kidding. Hello, Twitter contacts. FBI San Francisco is notifying you of the below account activities, which may potentially constitute violations of Twitter's terms of service for any action or inaction deemed appropriate within Twitter policy. Thank you, Catherine. Twitter post by user at Byron Wade, display name Ultra Maga, stating the following. Americans vote today. Democrats, you vote Wednesday 9th. The tweet was posted on 8th of November 2022 at 2.10am CST. Twitter account at Claire Foster PhD claimed in her post that she is a ballot counter in her state and in additional posts states for every negative comment on this post I'm adding another vote for the Democrats and if you're not wearing a mask I'm not counting your vote. Private Sector Engagement Squad FBI San Francisco. And it's got screenshots of those two tweets. And this at Claire Foster is patently a satire uh, account. Uh, A lot of people are falling for it still. 16. Anyone who cannot discern obvious satire from reality has no place making decisions for others or working for the feds, said at Claire Foster PhD when told about the flagging. 17. Of the six accounts mentioned in the previous two emails, all but two, at Claire Foster PhD and at From MA, were suspended. 18. In an internal email from November 5th, 2022, 
the FBI's National Election Command Post, which compiles and sends on complaints, sent the San Francisco field office a long list of accounts that may warrant additional action. And it says, request for coordination with Twitter, ASAC Chan. The National Election Command Post is requesting assistance from SF regarding coordination with Twitter. Specifically, NECP has been made aware of tweets by certain accounts that may warrant additional action due to the accounts being utilised to spread misinformation about the upcoming election. Specifically, NECP is requesting the following. 1. Coordination between SF and Twitter to determine whether the accounts identified below have violated Twitter's terms of service and may be subject to any actions deemed appropriate by Twitter. 2. The issuance of preservation letters regarding the accounts identified below in order to preserve subscriber information and content information pending the issuance of legal process. 3. Any location information associated with the accounts that Twitter will voluntarily provide to aid the FBI in assigning any follow-up deemed necessary to the appropriate FBI field office. And it's got a list of 25 Twitter accounts. Please let us know if you need additional information to process this request by replying all to this email. Thanks, Michael. 19. Agent Chan passed the list on to his Twitter folks. On Sunday, November 6, 2022, at 9.10pm, Elvis Chan, and then the redacted email, wrote, Twitter folks, please see below list of Twitter accounts which we believe are violating your terms of service by disseminating false information about the time, place or manner of the upcoming elections. Let us know if you decide to take any actions against these accounts based on our tipper to you. Also let us know if we need to issue a preservation letter as we intend to serve legal process for these accounts. Thanks for your consideration. Regards, Elvis. 20. Twitter then replied with its list of actions taken. Note, mercy shown to actor Billy Baldwin, who is, I believe, the brother of Alec Baldwin, who, you know, shot somebody on that uh, film set. Okay, uh, Tuesday, November 8th, 2022, from Patrick Conlon to Elvis Chan, copied to Yoel Roth. Hi Elvis, thank you for your patience as our team assess the accounts that you flagged. We've completed our review and taken the following actions on some of the accounts. Permanently suspended for policy violations, ban evasion, platform manipulation, excessive misinformation strikes, that lists seven accounts. Temporarily suspended for spam behaviours, that's one account had tweets bounced for civic misinformation policy violations, and that's the remaining uh, one, two, three, six, nine accounts. In regards to your question about a preservation letter, it is a good way to ensure that the data hasn't been purged from our systems before legal process if filed and processed. Externally, the contact for submitting those is the same. Thank you, Patrick. 21. Many of the above accounts were satirical in nature, nearly all, with the exceptions of Baldwin and RSBN, RSB Network, were relatively low engagement and some were suspended, most with a generic thanks Twitter letter. It's got a screenshot of all those that were suspended and the tweets they were suspended for. 22. When told of the FBI flagging, at Lexitola replied, My thoughts initially include 1. Seems like prima facie 1A violation. 2. Holy cow, me, an account with the reach of an amoeba. 3. What else are they looking at? 23. I can't believe the FBI is policing jokes on Twitter. That's crazy, said Tiberius444. 24. In a letter to former Deputy General Counsel and former top FBI lawyer Jim Baker on September 16, 2022, legal exec Stacia Cardeal outlines results from her soon-to-be weekly meeting with DHS, DOJ, FBI and the Office of the DNI. Director of National Intelligence. And it's from Stacia Cardeal, Elections Work, Wednesday, September 16th, to Jim Baker. Please see below 
for a summary of elections-related work I completed today, Wednesday, September 16th. 1. Government Industry Sync. I participate in our monthly, soon-to-be-weekly, 90-minute meeting with FBI, DOJ, DHS, ODNI and industry peers on election threats. A few items to note. Foreign adversaries are amplifying themes being advanced by domestic actors to undermine the legitimacy of the election. USG specifically referenced vote by mail. I explicitly asked if there were any impediments with the ability of the government to share classified information or other relevant information with industry. FBI was adamant that no impediments to information sharing exist. I asked if USG was tracking foreign threats related to non-presidential races. Long silence. The government is not tracking foreign interference or threats related to down-ballot races. DHS has created a chart of key dates in the election process at the state level. They are confirming information with the states this week and should get us a summary chart of the key dates next week. At Policy tweeted about the meeting without legal review. As the only Twitter representative to speak, I raised my disappointment in the lack of my involvement directly to Policy Comms. It was a missed opportunity to document some key points of the meeting from our perspective. 2. Project Heron. I met with legal trust and safety and public policy stakeholders to discuss an intervention under consideration regarding labelling election results. I raised concerns about feasibility and I relayed first-hand experience with news media mistakes during a challenging primary season. I separately met with Sam and Matt to discuss worst-case scenario planning. I will meet with them again tomorrow on the project. 3. Civic Integrity Labelling Enforcement on our expanded civic integrity policy begins tomorrow, Thursday, September 17th. I provided feedback on a scenario planning document that includes approving the language of the labels. I also reviewed a moment that will link to vote-by-mail claims, consulted with outside counsel on the inclusion of one tweet and provided content-related advice to the curation team. 4. Account Security Upgrades On Thursday, September 17th, over 2,300 high-risk politician and journalist accounts will be prompted to upgrade their security settings. See description from yesterday. I reviewed and approved 1. The comms plan and 2. The email to external stakeholders. I also told public policy of the 14 accounts that needed additional attention due to missing email addresses. 5. Board update. I work closely with Matthew on additional edits to the board narrative and the accompanying chart. 6. Escalations. I handled the following escalations. Responded to DHS regarding information they provided on a Facebook operation. We found no analogous activity. Worked with Angela to try to get this terrible impersonation account spewing 9-11 conspiracy theories impersonating a DCCC staffer whose dad died in 9-11. Pending. Flagged a specific tweet on Illinois use of modems to transmit election results in potential violation of the civic integrity policy, except they do use that tech in limited circumstances. Scheduling meeting with OH Secretary, that's Ohio Secretary of State Media Director. Working with at Gov to ensure we handle the verification of the Ohio Speaker of the House. Follow up on Dubuque, Dubuque County verification requests with Lisa. Solicited additional information from Yole on product functionality and limitations around retweeting labelled content so we can explain to DNC. Lincoln Project is not pleased their video was labelled under SAMM. Bridget is driving that interaction. Allow listed at Don Winslow and at Springsteen. 7. Policy comms in addition to the comms work on the security upgrades. And that screenshot of the email ends there. 25. The Twitter exec writes she explicitly asked if there were impediments to the sharing of classified information with industry. The answer? FBI was adamant no impediments to sharing exist. 
26, this passage underscores the unique one big happy family vibe between Twitter and the FBI. With what other firm would the FBI blithely agree to no impediments to classified information? 27, at that At the bottom of that letter, she lists a series of escalations apparently raised at the meeting, which were already handled. 28. About one, she writes, flagged a specific tweet on Illinois use of modems to transmit election results in possible violation of the civic integrity policy, except they do use that tech in limited circumstances. Another, 29, another internal letter from January 2021 shows Twitter execs processing an FBI list of positive violative content tweets. And it's from Unified Escalations um, and it's to US Elections Escalations at Twitter.com. You have been added as a participant. You can track your ticket here. And it's got um, a service desk, Twitter service desk link. Description. Hi, Get Support. Please see these tweets reported by the FBI as possible violations of our policies. And then there's a list of Twitter links. Thank you, Stacia. 30. Here too, most tweets contain the same get out there and vote Wednesday trope and had low engagement. This is what the FBI spends its time on. Uh, Susan, United We Stand tweet. So Cuomo wants to imprison suspected COVID carriers, force vaccinations without due process, things power hungry madmen would do. And B. Yates replied, this is our future, guys, if the Dems get full control. If you are in Georgia, you better vote Wednesday. 31. In this March 2021 email, an FBI liaison thanks a senior Twitter exec for the chance to speak to you and the team, then delivers a packet of products. Hi, Stacia. It was great speaking with you and the team at Twitter last week. I wanted to flag a few products that were released today and earlier in the week that may be of assistance to Twitter. Let us know if you have any questions. And the sender is redacted. 32. The executive circulates the products, which are really DHS bulletins, stressing the need for greater collaboration between law enforcement and private sector partners. Uh, Please see the products the FBI Office of Public Sector just provided to us. This is from Stacey Arcardillo and uh, it's redacted other than showing it's to Yoel Roth, Patrick Conlon and Jim Baker. You, Russian malign influence, use of permissive social media platforms. U stroke F-O-U-O, heightened domestic violent extremist threat to persist in 2021. U Iranian influence efforts primarily use online tools to target US audiences remain easily detectable for now. And it says, please feel free to share with your teams. Thanks, Stacia. 33. The ubiquity of the 2016 Russian interference story, as stated pretext for building out the censorship machine, can't be overstated. It's analogous to how 9-11 inspired the expansion of the security state. And it's got a screenshot and it's from the Office of Intelligence and Analysis. Intelligence in brief, foreign influence. Russian malign influence use of permissive social media platforms. And all of these are prefixed with you in brackets. I've no idea. I I don't know whether it means unclassified, but um, that's just a guess. Uh, We assess that Russian malign influences probably will increasingly use US social media platforms that offer more permissive operating environments. We base this assessment on the reduced effectiveness of Russian influence operations on established U.S. social media platforms and current Russian proxy activity on these growing U.S. platforms. Our assessment also is based on the assumption that Russian malign influences see operation advantages in sites with less active effort to ban false information, offensive language and inauthentic behavior. 34. While the DHS in its products pans permissive social media for offering operational advantages to Russians, it also explains that the domestic violent extremist threat requires addressing information gaps. 
gaps. And again, a screenshot from this. Information gaps and challenges associated with the individualized nature of radicalization could be partially mitigated with increased collaboration between law enforcement, terrorism prevention efforts and private sector partners. We judge these partnerships would improve our ability to detect changes in DVE domestic violence trends and provide early warning of potential attacks. 35. FBI in one case sent over so many possible violative content reports, Twitter personnel congratulated each other in Slack for the monumental undertaking of reviewing them. And it's got the screenshot of this. Anyone need help reviewing the tweets forwarded in FBI report on possible violative content? And the reply, plus one, we can help on SI. Thank you all so much for your help, a monumental undertaking. There were multi- 36, there were multiple points of entry into Twitter for government flag reports. This letter from Agent Chan to Roth references Teleporter, a platform through which Twitter could receive reports from the FBI. It says, Twitter folks, I just got something hot off the presses today. Please be on the lookout for a teleporter message from me with two documents to download. Thanks. Regards, Elvis. 37. Reports also came from different agencies. Here, an employee recommends bouncing content based on evidence from DHS, etc., And it's a screenshot of Slack resharing this as it doesn't look like they were actioned yesterday. Given the evidence we received from DHS, etc., I'd lean towards badding the URL and bouncing the videos, to be honest, given the accusations, but relatively low visibility. 38. State governments also flagged content. 39. Twitter, for instance, received reports via the Partner Support Portal, an outlet created by the Centre for Internet Security, a partner organisation to the DHS. 40. Why was no action taken? Below, Twitter execs receiving an alert from California officials by way of our partner support portal debate whether to act on a Trump tweet. And again, a Slack screenshot. Um, relevant ECs 15004-15104-15360 Republic Observation From our Voting Law Compliance Handbook, jurisdictions count ballots through a detailed process in EC15100 at SEC. Hey team, the C- at CASOS vote reported a, and it just has two well, one link, sorry, to the Voting Law Compliance Handbook at sos.ca.gov. And it says, by Donald Trump. I have pasted their ask below. They are requesting feedback on the tweet and why Twitter didn't take any action. Ballots in California are only counted by local elections officials in an open and transparent process. This tweet undermines voters' confidence that their votes will be fairly and properly counted. Please see relevant election codes. And it's got a list of uh, all these different codes. And there's a response to clarify as they're asked for Twitter to review or to explain why no action was taken upon a previous review. Why no action was taken? This report came in through our partner support portal. And it's got a screenshot of of Trump's tweet. California hired a pure Sleepy Joe Democrat firm to count and, in quotes, harvest votes. No way Republicans get a fair shake. Lawyers get started. At GOP leader, California is in big trouble. Vote Trump and watch the greatest comeback of them all. Also, New York and Illinois go for it. 41. Here a video was reported by the Election Integrity Project at Stanford, apparently on the strength of information from the Centre for Internet Security. And again, a Slack screenshot. This is a very long and legal heavy video, but essentially it claims that PA Pennsylvania election workers opened the inner envelopes on ballots before Election Day and called people to correct their ballots prior to Election Day. According to CIS, the video misrepresents one Pennsylvania law to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court decision and three, the affidavit shown in the video. Thoughts on how to handle this one? 
The response, details from CIS, the law doesn't prohibit curing. It prohibits curing prior to 7 a.m. on election day. The author misrepresents this by stating that the officials can't contact voters, whereas they can't do so until pre-canvassing starts. The author misrepresents the PASC decision by stating voters are not forbid from curing ballots. PASC simply stated the law didn't require officials to offer an opportunity to cure. On the affidavits, these folks were contacted about having an opportunity to cure a ballot. In none of the examples do the affidavits state that the election official called them and said the voter's specific ballot needed curing. The author of the video misrepresented this and claimed otherwise. 42. If that's confusing, it's because the CIS is a DHS contractor, describes itself as partners with the Cyber and Internet Security Agent, CISA, at the DHS. Uh, reporting misinformation to the EIISAC, and it's got um, a screenshot of that document uh, saying what to report, how to report it, and what will happen. And 43, the EIP is one of a series of government-affiliated think tanks that mass review content, a list that also includes the Atlantic Council's Digital Forensics Research Laboratory, and the University of Washington Center for Informed Policy. 44. The Takeaway What most people think of as the deep state is really a tangled collaboration of state agencies, private contractors, and sometimes state-funded NGOs. The lines become so blurred as to be meaningless. 45. Twitter files researchers are moving into a variety of new areas now. And it says, watch at Barry Weiss, at Schellenberger MD, and this space for more soon. And Elon Musk uh, tweets, kaboom. And then it has the Matt Taby uh, thread that he originally released. And the article shows a series of uh, responses to the the thread. Um the last refuge, something new. Instead of waiting for flagged content to gain warrants, the Obama approach allowed FBI, DHS, DOJ, NSD to analyze raw data scraped as the result of new warrantless self-granted surveillance authorities to monitor domestic speech and communication networks. Laura Luma says... FBI asked Twitter to track physical locations of users who said the 2020 election was stolen. Holy hell, Twitter was basically used as a surveillance tool by the FBI so they could conduct intimidation raids at people's homes if they made posts questioning the 2020 election. Now that's the end of the article. I know it was a long one to go through, but this uh, revelation or these revelations about the FBI and other interferences through Twitter are really damning. Interestingly, FBI responds after getting busted for colluding with Twitter. This was published today by Trending Politics. On Friday, Matt Taby launched the latest instalment of the Twitter files and they proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that the FBI was working side by side to censor conservatives on social media. Now the FBI has responded in a brand new statement. Quote, the FBI regularly engages with private sector entities to provide information specific to identified foreign malign influence actors, subversive, undeclared, covert or criminal activities. Private sector entities independently make decisions about what, if any, action they take on their platforms and for their customers after the FBI has notified them. End of quote. As you can see, the FBI is playing dumb. They're trying to wash their hands of any decisions made at Twitter. According to the FBI, if Twitter makes any content decisions, it's not their fault. Sorry, but the American people aren't buying it. The article just goes on to repeat what I've just shared with you already about some of the contents of the Twitter files thread. So I'm not going to repeat that. Now, in terms of other uh, organizations being outed. Ron DeSantis is setting up a, or 
requesting a grand jury to probe any wrongdoing related to COVID-19 vaccines. I did plan to actually play the meeting video in which he announced this, but I, I won't have time to do that. But The Blaze has reported on this. One of the things I wanted to point out was in the last section, DeSantis actually calls out the CDC and the FDA. The article says Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, a Republican who easily secured re-election last month, is petitioning the Sunshine State Supreme Court for an order to impanel a statewide grand jury to probe any wrongdoing pertaining to COVID-19 vaccines. And a quote is, Florida law prohibits fraudulent practices, including the dissemination of false or misleading advertisements of a drug and the use of any representation or suggestion in any advertisement relating to a drug that an application of a drug is effective when it is not, the governor's petition states. The pharmaceutical industry has a notorious history of misleading the public for financial gain. Questions have been raised regarding the veracity of the representations made by the pharmaceutical manufacturers of COVID-19 vaccines, particularly with respect to transmission, prevention, efficacy and safety. An investigation is warranted to determine whether the pharmaceutical industry has engaged in fraudulent practices. The people of Florida deserve to know the truth, the petition notes. According to a press release, the state will also look into the phenomenon of people passing away after receiving COVID-19 vaccination. Dr. Joseph Ladapo, the state's Surgeon General, will conduct research through the University of Florida to assess sudden deaths of individuals in good health who received a COVID-19 vaccine. The Department of Health will also utilise disease surveillance and vital statistics to assess such deaths. A public health integrity committee will also be established in the state, DeSantis said, that the panel will provide critical assessments of the activity of entities such as the US Food and Drug Administration, Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and National Institutes of Health. The Surgeon General will oversee the Public Health Integrity Committee, a committee of expert researchers charged with assessing federal decisions, recommendations and guidance related to public health and health care, according to the press release. The Surgeon General would then receive input from the committee to ensure public health policies are tailored for Florida's communities and aligned with state priorities. The other thing he was saying was about disinformation from the mainstream media and that it was not surprising because um, they are funded by a huge number of ads by Pfizer and other pharmaceutical companies. So, you know, there's a real conflict of interest there in terms of reporting the truth, but then we knew that. And his calling out of the CDC um, is interesting because News Punch reports um, CDC admits it ordered big tech to bury truth about dangers of COVID-19 vaccines. And this is for, from today. The CDC has finally admitted that they colluded with big tech to bury the dangers of the COVID-19 vaccines in order to ensure as many people as possible receive the toxic jabs. A major lawsuit filed by an organisation comprised of former Trump administration officials has revealed that the CDC ordered social media giants to censor facts and information about COVID-19 that ran afoul of the official narratives. NaturalNews.com reports America First Legal noted in a press release that the fourth set of documents the legal organisation released that were obtained from litigation against the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, CDC, revealed further concrete evidence of collusion between the CDC and social media companies to censor free speech and silence the public square under the government's label of misinformation. And it goes on 
Uh, the press release provided more stunning details of what the legal organisation has turned up this far. This nearly 600-page release of documents contains new appalling information. Among these include the fact that Twitter ran a partner support portal for government employees and other stakeholders to submit posts that it would remove or flag as misinformation on its platform. Documents obtained by AFL show Twitter enrolling one government employee through their personal Twitter account into this portal. We know from other publicly related documents that Facebook has copied this approach for election-related censorship. So I'm not going to read the rest of it. There's other things I need to include before I finish. But this this um, exposure of all these government organisations is just fabulous. I know it's disgusting what they've been do- doing, but thank goodness that this is all being revealed. And, of course, we're expecting the Twitter files to move on to all the uh, evidence of the suppression of COVID-19 information uh, due to pressure from these organisations like the CDC and the FDA. On this same subject, Epoch Times reports Twitter suppressed early COVID-19 treatment information and vaccine safety concerns. And this is a report related to the suspension of Dr. McCullough, who was sharing information about therapeutics and other treatments and raising issues about vaccine safety. Again, I'm not going to read this whole thing, but, you know, this is absolutely shocking given the number of people that have suffered adverse events and even died as a result of these bioweapons. On top of all that, we have a major exposure of the CIA, and this is Gateway Pundit reporting. This was on the 15th. Um, The answer is yes, I believe they were involved. Top intelligence source tells Tucker Carlson the CIA was involved in assassination of John F. Kennedy. In 2017, President Trump approved the release of approximately 2,800 long-classified JFK assassination records. News outlets from around the globe furiously combed through the files in search of more pieces to the puzzling death of President John F. Kennedy. President Trump released a second trove of documents later that year. One of the documents revealed that Democrat President Lyndon Johnson was a KKK member. As reported earlier today... On Thursday, the National Archives released thousands of the JFK documents, but the FBI CIA would not allow the release of all of the documents. Around 3% of the JFK documents are still being withheld from release to the public, more than 50 years after the assassination. What are they hiding? Tonight, Tucker Carlson provided the answer to this question. According to Tucker Carlson, the answer is that the CIA was involved in the assassination of JFK. And it's got a quote from that. Tucker Carlson, we spoke to someone who has access to these still hidden CIA documents. The person is deeply familiar with what they contain. We asked this person directly, did the CIA have a hand in the murder of John F. Kennedy, an American president? And here is the reply we received verbatim. The answer is yes, I believe they were involved. It's a whole different country from what we thought it was. It's all a fake. This is someone who had access to these documents. Seems pretty damning. And it's actually got um, the video inserted of Tucker's um, reveal of this. And what we have as well is Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s response to this. This was today, actually. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr., this is again Gateway Pundit, the CIA's murder of my uncle was a coup d'etat from which democracy has never recovered. As reported earlier on Thursday, the National Archives released thousands of the never-disclosed JFK documents, but the FBI, CIA, would not allow the release of all of the documents. Around 3% of the JFK documents are still being withheld from release by the government to the public more than 50 years after the assassination. What are they hiding? And it repeats what Tucker Carlson said on um, in that 
previous article. On Friday, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. responded to the Tucker Carlson report. Not only was Robert's uncle assassinated, but his father was also assassinated while he was running for president. And Robert Kennedy Jr. said, The most courageous newscast in 60 years, the CIA's murder of my uncle was a successful coup d'etat from which our democracy has never recovered. Now, before I finish, um, I know that a lot of people are still somewhat concerned or mystified about why Trump pushed the vaccines. And this is a good summation by StopWorldControl.com. Keys to unlock the mystery why Trump pushed the vaccines. The following key insights will unlock the door of confusion to a brighter world of understanding and hope. Trump was asked to run for president by high-level military intelligence services who are fighting against world tyranny. Trump's background in the inner circles of the cabal and his decision to not go along with their evil plans gave him insider knowledge needed to take them down. He was informed that the pandemic was coming and learned that the plan was to have two full years of ongoing lockdowns. This would wipe out the economies of the world and pave the way for a great reset, resulting in permanent worldwide tyranny. The agenda was to suppress all treatments for the pandemic disease because the world had to stay in lockdown for two years. After those two years, a vaccine would be released. The pandemic agenda. Release the pandemic, suppress all treatments, two years of lockdowns, devastate the nations, wipe out the middle class, impoverish all people, transfer all resources to the cabal, make humanity dependent on them, release vaccines after two years of lockdowns, be praised as saviours of the world, establish permanent worldwide tyranny. Trump and his allies were aware of this agenda yet had no way of stopping it. The cabal had prepared their plan for decades and had everything in place. Government agencies, health organisations, news media, mind-controlled population, every little detail. The heart of the agenda are the two years of lockdowns to destroy the world. This had to be prevented by all means. There was only one way to end the lockdowns, a vaccine. Mankind demanded a vaccine that would not accept anything else. Trump could not change the minds of billions of brainwashed people. Saying publicly that vaccines are bad would destroy his credibility and he would waste all chances of saving America and the world. So Trump gave orders to work on vaccines prior to the pandemic. His plan was to cut the lockdown short by releasing the vaccine way ahead of the cabal timeline. This would accomplish two objectives. Save America and the world from destruction. Two, forcing the cabal to rush their agenda, which causes critical errors while they expose themselves. It was the only option. Nothing could prevent the vaccines. Mankind demanded it. They would be released anyway. All Trump could do was pull them forward to thwart the plans of the cabal. Meanwhile, he fiercely opposed vaccine mandates, defended personal choice and supported his allies who warned humanity about the dangers of the vaccines. Trump promoted treatments for months on end. And it's a tweet of him saying, Treatment with hydroxychloroquine cut the death rate significantly in sick patients hospitalised with COVID-19 and without heart-related side effects, according to a new study published by Henry Ford Health System. And that was from July 2020. A central element of the cabal strategy was to hide all treatments. The WHO ordered all governments, news media and social media to censor and ban information about treatments. Humanity was not allowed to have hope. Everyone had to be kept in total despair, locked down for two years waiting for a vaccine. Trump smashed this plan by shouting from the rooftops, there are treatments. He posted 26 tweets about hydroxychloroquine and promoted doctors who use it. Trump also made personal videos in which he told the world about powerful therapeutics. He repeatedly told the world not to fear and not to let COVID control their lives. 
keys to open our minds. The vaccines would have come anyway. Trump had no way of preventing them. Humanity demanded a vaccine to end lockdowns. Trump pulled the agenda more than a year forward. By doing so, he saved the world from destruction. He constantly promoted cures which eliminate the need for a vaccine. He constantly opposed the mandates. He said nobody has to be afraid of covid he supports his allies who warn about the vaccines. Recently, Trump announced to outlaw censorship, which means those who warn humanity about the vaccines will no longer be silenced. If he was on the side of the cabal, he wouldn't do that, as a main message of patriots today is stay away from the vaccines. May this insight help you understand that Trump is not evil. He has been fighting an impossible war. Let's learn to dig deeper, look beyond the surface and gain an accurate understanding. Don't listen to negative voices. And that's, you know, looking beyond the surface is what I've been saying all along. So in conclusion or in summary, you know, we are seeing massive cases of all these government organizations now being outed into the public domain and i do believe we're seeing the house of cards start to collapse so it's really good news <laughs> we we i hope we can look forward to a very good 2023 which is coming soon anyway that's all i have time for today i hope you've enjoyed the show that you'll join me for another cosmic creating show next week i'd like to thank nancy for producing and also Derek condit for his sponsorship of cosmic reality radio you can find him at mysticalwares.com so until next time stay well be safe and bye for now You have been listening to Cosmic Creating with Jan Shaw, updating current reality, a production of CosmicReality.com. <laughs>